Lammas is the holiday celebrated by the ancient peoples of northern Europe at the time of the first wheat harvest. As the days begin to shorten after the summer solstice, the grain ripens and the harvest begins. Celtic myth tells us that this is the wake of the Lord Lug, the sun king, whose life was given so that we might live. Sun becomes wheat, wheat becomes food, food sustains life. The life of the sun king is baked into every loaf of bread, and thus the sharing of bread becomes a blessing from the spirit. In the modern neo-pagan traditions, the harvest festival of Lamas has added layers of meaning. Harvest time is a season's end, and thus becomes a perfect time for goodbyes. On Lamas, we reflect upon those things in our life that we must let go of the metaphorical seeds that were not planted, the things that we regret. As we say goodbye to the summer sun, we let these things go. Harvest time is also a time of preparation for the future amidst great abundance. Food that was grown during the warmth of summer must be stored properly to provide nourishment for the entire year. And thus, On Lamas, we reflect also upon those things that we have harvested in the past year, the things that are new and good and abundant in our lives. And we think about how we are going to preserve those things as we move forward into the future. Lamas is celebrated each year on or about the 1st of August. I had planned an unabashedly joyous celebration of Lamas for this Sunday some months ago when I first helped make our summer worship schedule. Little did I know that the events of the week would change the tone of this service somewhat dramatically, forcing me to understand that Lamas is a holiday of balance, of letting go as much as of drawing in, of the waning summer sun as much as of the abundant harvest. It is, after all, a wake for the sun king as much as it is a celebration of the bounty of our earth. This past week has been a hard one for many people. Last week's shooting in the sanctuary of the Tennessee Valley Unitarian Universalist Church left the entire city of Knoxville shaken, two congregations in mourning, and our entire religious movement silent in sympathy. As some of you know, I have a number of friends in that congregation some of whom I met through the Southeast Unitarian Universalist Summer Institute, known as SUSE, the family camp I attended in Virginia last week, and from which I was returning when I heard the news from Knoxville. It was natural for me to think of those friends when I heard the news. Driving home from Virginia, I received a text message, excuse me, from my very good friend, Alandria, letting me know that she and her parents were safe. I pulled over to the next rest stop and wept. Those of you who are on the fellowship's email list, though, might have read that the story isn't that simple for me either. The gunman who killed two and wounded seven in Knoxville last week chose the Unitarian Universalist congregation specifically because that congregation has been a beacon of inclusivity, tolerance, and justice in its community for nearly 60 years. 
That congregation had been a pioneer congregation insisting on integration in days when such a move was controversial at best. Throughout the years, it has taken bold stances on women's rights and the inclusion of gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender people as well. The gunman chose the church he did on purpose. More devastatingly, though, for me, the gunman is someone I once knew. When I knew Jim David Adkison some ten years ago, his friends called him Jabo, we served together on the Susie teen staff. He was conservative, but always respectful and glad to engage in meaningful conversations. He played the guitar, and along with his now ex-wife Liza, he sang the most beautiful version of Guy Clark's I Don't Love You Much, Do I? More importantly, though, he was sober in those days. A few years later, times got tough. He fell off the wagon and became abusive and violent. When Liza divorced him, I thought I'd never hear from him again. How wrong I was. The Jabo I knew was not the Jim David Adkison who opened fire in a worship service, brainwashed by hate mongers to be mad at liberal thinking people, for troubles that likely were more due to severe mental illness and unchecked self-medication with alcohol. I struggled with it all this week, to be honest with you. It's been something of an emotional roller coaster for me. I've been angry at a society that could let Jabo fall through the cracks and sad that he chose violence as a way to be noticed. I've been filled with grief for people I did not know and worried that the causes of inclusion, diversity, and justice have been dealt a setback by one angry, misguided man. Waverly Fitzgerald writes at the website School of the Seasons that there are four aspects to Lamas. Letting go of regrets, saying our farewells, celebrating the harvest, and preserving things for the future. Regrets, farewells, harvest, and preserves, he writes. This Lamas, it is clear what I'm leaving behind. I'm letting go of regret that more could not be done to save Jabo before so many lives were lost and hurt. I'm letting go of the anger and grief and sadness and fear of the past week. I'm saying farewell to two people I didn't know whose lives were ended too soon and to one man I did once know whose life could have been so, so different. But what is it that I'm harvesting and preserving this Lamas? The answer to that question lies also in Knoxville. This morning, at least two former ministers of the Tennessee Valley Unitarian Universalist Church came back to that church to participate in the rededication of its sanctuary, the ritual cleansing of a holy place marred by violence. The service is likely still going on as I speak. In worshiping together this, in this way, the members and friends of that congregation are seeking to preserve what is at the core of their community, love and peace, even amidst the grief, the sadness, the anger, and the fear that they must feel in that space, even as they try their hardest to let those things go. This Lamas, I am harvesting love I'm harvesting the care and compassion of many friends and colleagues. 
I'm harvesting pride in a religious movement with a trauma response ministry and a professional staff that responded to the tragedy in Knoxville while it was still unfolding. I'm harvesting reconnections to old friends made new again by my return to Susi last week. <coughs> I'm preserving my dedication to creating an undivided human family, one in which all people have inherent worth and dignity, in which all people are treated with love and justice. And so I ask you, this Lamas, what do you need to let go of? What are you saying farewell to? What things in your life need to be a part of the past, left to the turning of the earth as pages of history? And what are you harvesting? What are you preserving? What is in the abundance that surrounds you? What are you keeping for the future? What carefully tended fruit has ripened in your soul that calls out for protection against the troubling forces of our times? This Lamas, I pray that you too harvest love. I pray that you harvest peace. And I hope that together we can preserve our faith in humanity, our dedication to creating a better world, and the nurture we find in our connections with one another. Blessed be.